0: fade out
1: so good <laughs> ah, <laughs> almost <always> the clip. <laughs> so smooth hello everyone all
0: right welcome back to another vertigo voices today we're continuing with pilot season into constantine 2014 tv series starring matt ryan and charles
1: Halford? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so.
0: <laughs> yes. Charles Halford. And then a third actor who is only in this one episode. Do you remember who, who the actor was?
1: Yes. Lucy.
0: Lucy Griffith.
1: Yes. <laughs> um,
0: Vertigo Voices All-Star, <laughs> Lucy Griffiths, who was uh, in last week's episode of Preacher. Yeah, that was was that last week? Yeah, what it was the fuck? Yeah, sure.
1: Last episode. <laughs>
0: uh yeah anyway so lucy griffiths was in preacher and now she's in constantine or vice versa i think she was in constantine first actually when they filmed it <clears throat> but anyway yeah they cast her in the pilot and then dropped her immediately after that which we'll talk about when we start watching it but the last scene was reshot to write her out and if you watch the original version it's almost the exact same scene it's just the like the reasoning behind it is different yeah. <laughs> which i thought was funny <laughs> which
1: we shall get to yes yeah. i'm curious
0: any news today? I haven't even looked at my notes. I've been reading... I read two series recently, so I've got a shitload of notes on those. I read the entirety of The Wolf Among Us, and then I read the first miniseries of Human Target. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I did have one thing I wanted to say. Shelley Bond, former Vertigo editor, Shelley Bond, currently has a Kickstarter going on for a comic book that she wrote called Heavy Rotation. Um, it's got today, 10 days to go. So by the time this comes out, there'll probably like six days left. And it is true stories about campus radio DJs in the 1980s. Oh, awesome. Cool. a fun, fun, like stories about music and how it impacted her life and others that she knows. It's a really cool Kickstarter. I recently supported it and I suggest that you do too. Uh, at one, one of the goals or sorry, one of the pledge uh, levels comes with an original piece of art. Well, not original, excuse me. (laughs) A super limited print run of art of uh, a portrait of David Bowie by Mike and Laura Allred, who are uh, great artists. It comes with that, signed by them. They're super super cheap levels, uh, just $3, $8, $12, $15. Um, And then... I guess the only like expensive one really is $75. That's the one that comes with the art.
1: And that's not too bad. Yeah,
0: exactly. Hell, I recently backed a Kickstarter for uh, a complete edition of Alan Moore's Providence. Oh, yes? And the edition that I got came with the entire thing. Well, it hasn't been released yet, but it's the entire thing in hardback, plus a new hardback edition of Neonomicon, both of which are signed by Alan Moore. All right, then. That was not cheap. That was was not $75. Exactly. (laughs) And it's supposed to arrive in April, so we shall see if it was worth it. All right.
1: (laughs) We'll have to have a live unboxing.
0: But anyway, um, Shelley Bond, this isn't a Vertigo comic, but her name is going to be linked with Vertigo uh, for her entire life, and rightly so because she was a driving force, especially in the early days, and in its, like, second life. In, like, 2016, she was responsible for the creator-owned vertigo that sp- sprung up before its death. <laughs> before it was unceremoniously killed by DC. So anyway, yeah, she's a, she's a cool person. I'm friends with her on Facebook, too. As they hit stretch goals, she's been posting fun little videos, like one of her tap dancing with a sign that said thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she has fun with it. Yeah,
0: exactly. So their original goal was $3,000. They're up to 10000 right now. So, um, she is, uh, quite successful with this. (laughs) Good. And yeah, it looks like a cool, fun story, and I can't wait to read it. So anyway, you should, uh, you should hurry out and pledge to a heavy rotation on Kickstarter. All right, that was my news. Good news. Now, uh, yeah, exactly, it was good news today. No Snyder Cut shit. (laughs) There has been news for that, I just don't want to talk about it, because we got to the point where nothing matters. Like, it's... All of the mystery of that has completely been sapped away. Right, and so like w- when we get close-up shots of a secret character who's going to be in the movie for maybe two minutes,
1: mm-hmm. as
0: like a whole fucking media rollout, then like, well, who cares now? Right, and I'm not going to be surprised by the only thing that I was curious about for Jared Leto's Joker is what he looks like now. Well, guess what? Now I know.
1: <laughs> exactly, and that's like people treating it like a mystery. It's like it's mm-hmm. not a mystery character. It's the
0: Joker. Yeah, exactly. First Zack Snyder said, I'd like to get the Joker back for a reshoot. Then Zack Snyder said, I just got the Joker back with Jared Leto for a reshoot. Now he's saying, here's what the Jared Leto Joker looks like in a reshoot. And, and so it's, it's like there's no mystery to any of this now. No. And, and again, he has already said that he only filmed four minutes of new footage. So it's not like Joker's going to be a star of this fucking thing. That's four minutes of new footage total. So Joker's maybe, I don't know, a minute and a half of that? Maybe. And this is a four-hour-long movie.
1: (laughs) At this point, it really is like, you know, you watch a dumpster blow up and turn it into a dumpster fire, and so many months later, it's like you look out your window and you're like, yep, the dumpster is still on fire.
0: (laughs) The town of Silent Hill has got the constant fire underneath. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually based on a real place, Centralia. This uh, uh, town that has a literal, like, trash fire. Is it trash or coal? I think it may be a coal mine that caught on fire. That's constantly burning underneath it. Wow. Um, like the town has been evacuated because of like, the toxic fumes. Oh, <laughs> but you can literally, like I've seen pictures of uh, cracks in the ground where you can stand over and take a picture and see just flames underneath.
1: <laughs> All right
0: yeah. then. It's, it's really weird. Anyway, well, none of this has anything to do with that. And I don't even want to talk about Snyder Cut. But, uh, <laughs> we're talking about Constantine because this is, of the various adaptations of John Constantine... I think they really hit lightning in a bottle with casting Matt Ryan. And I I thought the show was pretty good.
1: It is. I enjoyed it very much.
0: I think the weakest episode of the entire series is the pilot. And even that's just because they were kind of finding their footing. But as the show went on, it introduced some interesting comic book characters and concepts. And fuck, they had an Eclipso episode, for God's sake. That's, That's cool.
1: Which one was that?
0: The one with the, the uh, Eclipso shard, the little diamond. Oh,
1: yes, yes, yes. That's, okay. how,
0: that's what Eclipso gets his powers in the comics to possess people. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> all right, so we were watching this on Blu-ray, which is also a price to own. You can find it pretty cheap, the complete series on Blu-ray, for probably less than $20 most places. So I would suggest getting it. This was also, I say most places, this was only released through the Warner Archive website. So you can only buy it on Warner Archive or their Amazon shop. Like, those are the only places you can buy it. You can't just fucking find it in the store.
1: Alas. Oh, what I
0: prefer, but whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we begin, is your cell phone silenced? Of
0: course my cell phone's silenced. It's always silenced.
1: Even your work one?
0: Uh, I don't know. Just turn it off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get phone calls on the weekends.
1: <laughs> anyway, so if you'll
0: notice that it only rang once. So whoever called me knew that they shouldn't be calling me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Felt guilty about it.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I couldn't help myself.
0: Alright, so we're gonna watch the first episode. The Blu-rays in. Gonna hit play in three. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna go to episode selection. I <laughs> just <laughs> hit play all. Not that it really matters. Alright, we're gonna watch the first episode it's called Nonest Asylum. No, I don't know, how do you pronounce that? Um <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to hit play in three, two, one, go!
1: Play. Tally-ho.
0: Look at that. Oh, no no bullshit animations. Just right into the FBI warnings.
1: Right. Piracy is not a victimless crime, kids.
0: I remember years ago on the, the old G4 show, Attack of the Show. Oh, wait, hey, there's Ravenscar. That's uh, <laughs> from the comics. That's where John was. Like, all, all of this opening scene of him uh, as a... Uh, Oh institutionalized at Ravenscars from the comics. He uh, that happened to him right after the Newcastle incident. Um, but I, I, it's recontextualized in the show uh, a great deal because, in the comics, he's, he's, like, crazy, and he gets forced in there, and he's abused and tortured and all that. But in the show, it's it's his own choice. He's doing this because he wants to, because he needs, like, the therapy, basically. And I really... I think that's an interesting choice to, to make, and I, I really like the way that the show did that, because there's such a stigma around mental health and especially, like, institutional settings mm-hmm. in in popular culture. Um, I don't know. You can probably blame One Flew Over the, Cuckoo, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest for that. But... Um, it's, and it's interesting how it plays with it, too. At the very beginning, it looks like he's this crazy, depressed guy who's being uh, tortured here. And he's like, no, I'm actually doing this because I need it. Right,
1: right. I came <laughs> he, here because I yeah. wanted
0: to. This character um, that he's talking to here, Dr. Huntoon, is also in the comics. Um, and he is in Sandman. In the first volume of Sandman, he's working at Arkham Asylum.
1: Oh! Oh, oh, oh. He, he's the one who... Um... Doctor Doom's mom. He
0: takes. Yes. Her. Yes. Dr. Okay. Destiny. Right. But Dr. yes. Destiny. <laughs> Excuse me. Wrong D. Wrong D. I was about to say something a second ago. And I can't remember. I don't know. I got lost my train of thought.
1: Piracy. Not me. Oh Piracy. yeah, yeah. That was just a
0: joke. <laughs> uh, this show called Attack of the Show. They they used to have a segment called DVD DVD Tuesday. Was just like oh that phone number is real you can call that. <laughs> ah, can you? So the funny thing about that phone number, uh, when the show came out, you could call it and get a voicemail from John Constantine saying like, "Sorry you missed me, I'm I'm out in the swamps of Louisiana, uh, like hunting down Dr. Alec Holland or something like that, who's thing. <gasps> um, but if you call it now, you get a voicemail from his sidekick from uh, Legends of Tomorrow.
1: It's like, hey, this is
0: Gary Green. Um, John Constantine can't come to the phone right now. Because well, <laughs> the card comes up on uh, Legends of, of Tomorrow as well. But anyway, um, DVD Tuesday. <laughs> they, uh, there was a joke one time where they used to have Chris Gore, film critic, would come on and talk about new DVDs that were coming out. And then one time they were talking about those, those piracy warnings at the beginning. And they're like, aren't those annoying? And he's like, yeah. And every time I pirate movies, I cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip right over it. <laughs> so this uh, this was written by Daniel Sarone based on a, on a story by him and David Goyer. And it was directed by Neil Marshall, who yeah. directed with some pedigree. He uh, he directed um, oh fuck war, uh, dog soldiers, dog soldiers. <laughs> dog soldiers. Jesus, I, I want to say war dogs. <laughs> Jesus, Close. he directed dog soldiers, um, The Descent, Doomsday, The Hellboy reboot, uh, a bunch of episodes. Well, not a bunch. Uh, a couple of really good episodes of Game of Thrones, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's working on something now. I can't remember what it is, but it sounded really cool. Anyway, oh, he also did Centurion. Have you ever seen that?
1: I have not seen that yet. It's
0: with um, oh Magneto. What the hell is Michael his name? Fassbender? Yes, Michael Fassbender and Olga Kurlenko. I think Noel Clark's in it too. It's a cool like uh, oh old timey British war movie.
1: I've been wanting to watch it. I usually like everything that he does. I wasn't a fan of the new Hellboy, but he's a very good director.
0: I fucking loved it. Really? Yeah. That felt more like the Hellboy comics than the old uh, movies. The old movies are fine. I I, I greatly enjoy Hellboy 1 and 2, but it was nice to see the weirdness of the comics thrown into them, like, directly adapted instead of filtered through someone else. I guess Guillermo del Toro has a very specific way that he sees things He does, and his Hellboy movies don't feel like Hellboy comics even remotely. Um, they've got kind of like a heart and a, uh, uh I don't know, a love in them that is completely absent in the comic book. <laughs> and I, I liked going back to just like the weird, dark, uh, not grittiness, but just, um, I guess mythology of the comics.
1: Now, it's not to say everything
0: worked in the, in the reboot, Tim, for me. I really did Some of the special effects were kind of shitty, um, especially whenever that chick would, like, vomit up ghosts. So <laughs> that was really <laughs> weird, and conceptually it should have been redesigned. But regardless, I, I liked a lot about the movie.
1: Okay. Well we'll, well, we'll have to talk about that one sometime.
0: Live, die. It's like uh, it's a fucking show. I, Zombie. Hmm. You've seen that show? It's based I on the comic. But to... they they changed the name of the main character in that because the showrunner is just fucking obsessed with puns. So the main character in the show is named Live Moore.
1: Oh God, good lord! <laughs> but <Ba-dum-tsh- laughs> <laughs>
0: um, we haven't really. I think I started to mention this, but uh, so what's his name? Uh, Matt Ryan is John Constantine, When he was cast in this. There were actually people bitching that it wasn't um, Keanu, Reeves. <laughs> like, oh, Keanu Reeves. Like, it wasn't Keanu Reeves. Like, because this is not that thing. This is totally different.
1: Thank and, God this yeah, is not that thing.
0: And it's, try, it's trying to be more like the comic because he looks like the comic character. And um, Since then... So this show ran for almost a whole season. I mean, it, it, there were a couple unproduced episodes, but it was basically a whole season from 2014 to the beginning of 2015. Since then... He has still played this role in something every single year since then.
1: He's good at it. Yeah, I mean, he's
0: he's a regular on Legends of Tomorrow now. He had he played the same role in Arrow. That was actually a big damn deal because he played John in Arrow immediately after this show got canceled, and that was all down to. Um, Fans talk, like fans online wanting him to play it, but uh, Stephen Amell, the star of Arrow, just really liking the character and Matt Ryan, and he like, pushed really hard to get that going, and he would like provide updates on Twitter, like, I'm working on it, guys, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then when it happened, he was like, all right, John Costing's going to be on the show, but this is totally a one-off. Like He's definitely not coming back. Sorry, we did what we could, but like, just legally, we can, we can only use him this one time. And then the next year he was on Legends of Tomorrow for an episode and now for the last two seasons he's been a regular on it.
1: That's <clears> awesome. Yeah. At least he's found new life there. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and then he's voiced the character in a, three animated movies now. Um, a little claymation short <laughs> called really? John Con Noir. <laughs>
1: claymation short? Yeah. It
0: was released I think around the same time as this. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's basically made the role his own. And... Um, I know that there's still fans that want more Keanu Reeves, but I I don't I don't think I can ever see anyone else playing this role as well as him.
1: No, I agree. And you and I talked about this when we did our commentary on Constantine. Check it out, y'all. It's nothing against Keanu Reeves, but his Constantine is just to me anyway, is just straight across the board churlish, like all the time. And not to say that Constantine isn't churlish, that he's not a smartass, but with Matt Ryan, I get the impression like there's a little bit of humor there. There's a nice undercurrent of humor in the show, whereas in the movie, again, no offense to uh, Keanu Reeves, but he just doesn't pull that off as well to me. Well, and it's, it's
0: the way the character's written. The character's written as being very flat in the movie. And that's what he does. Like I'm sure his direction was just be like you you're, you've got to be, uh, cool and detached, mm-hmm. and <laughs> every single thing. And whereas this, like especially as the show goes on and then on into Legends, you see a lot of different sides of John, and he becomes much more complex, much more in line with his comic character. And that's oh and another thing that we you know so we've seen John a few times now and. And you'll notice he hasn't been smoking yet. <laughs> that was a big no. point of contention when this came out because they were like, yeah, he's uh, it's gonna be on NBC. Uh, you can't can't show smoking on NBC on network TV. And that was just like a, a lot of whining and bitching about, oh, he won't be able to smoke. And Daniel Soron, the showrunner, had said, like, well, he's not allowed to, but that doesn't mean he's not a smoker. So they kind of get around it. Uh, like he's always fiddling with his lighter. You see him, like, in in this episode, I think you only see him stub out a cigarette. But then as the show goes on, he said that they started, like, kind of pushing that. And, like, okay, well, now instead of just having him stub out a cigarette, we'll show him, like, take a cigarette out of his mouth. Or put a cigarette into his mouth and not light it. Or, you know, do this and that. And he said that NBC would never call him on it. So every time, like, every episode, they push it a little further. Until, like, halfway into the series, they just show him smoking. (laughs) (laughs) He, it's not like he's like a chain. Well, he's supposed to be a chain smoker, but you don't see him chain smoking. But you still see a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It gets the point across.
0: Daniel Soron's, uh way of, I guess, bringing that up is that you can't do dangerous habits without having John be a smoker. And exactly. That, that's true. You know. I mean, it has to be there, and and the whole point of. NBC not wanting to show smoking is because you don't want to encourage people to smoke, and it's it's sort one of the like just showing something doesn't mean you're encouraging it. Right, I mean, we live in a real world where people really smoke.
1: <laughs> Indeed,
0: people people wear ties, people wear jackets, People smoke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and of all the things that the character John Constantine has probably imbibed or done in his lifetime, I imagine smoking is is lower on the list in terms of unhealthy I things he's got
0: tattoos he's got little tattoos on his neck man either
1: does he? yeah I can't see him
0: you can't see him in that angle there you go uh-huh. see? oh there you go um, anyway yeah uh, He. Uh, yeah. he's done a lot of bad shit obviously smoking's the one that ended up getting him but uh, yeah. w- which again like that's that's uh, that's the biggest anti-smoking PSA you can come up with <laughs>
1: right but, right
0: watching his body rot away and then uh, having his soul torn to hell or whatever so I don't know. It's it's just a stupid, antiquated rule. Showing something means you're uh, condoning it,
1: endorsing it. Yeah, <laughs> she's just a kind of rapey. to <laughs> yeah, keep me out. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and um, no offense at all to Lucy Griffiths. I mean, she does a perfectly capable job in the pilot. But I do like their introduction of Zed better. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: Liv is just a boring character. She's a boring POV character. Um, I like Zed because she's already a part of the world. Right. Um right. it's just different. She she has her own uh I guess magical abilities. John has his, and they uh they like meet up together or whatever. <clears throat> but but this character, I can't even remember her name. Something Winters. No, Aberdeen.
1: Ab- Liv Aberdeen.
0: Her dad's name was Winters. So her dad, Jasper Winters, is actually a comic book character.
1: That's right. But he doesn't
0: have a daughter, does he? No. Back in the 80s, there was this comic book called, I believe, Night Force. And it was led by this vampire named Baron Winters. And he had this castle with, like, magical realms and shit in it. And uh, he commanded this team of, like, supernatural heroes and villains. Um, within Vertigo, and technically technically, I guess it's still DC'd then, but he shows up in Books of Magic, the comic, the original novel or fuck the original (laughs) miniseries he shows up as kind of a foil to john constantine in the story where john um drops tim off with zatanna Mm -hmm. and she takes him to like the big party and then john shows up and crashes it um uh, baron winters is in that scene oh okay he and John get to be antagonistic to each other, but in this, he's not Baron Winters. He's just Jasper. What's of all the fucking names? Why Jasper? It just sounds weird. Like like especially when John is talking about him all like, uh, oh, like uh, seriously, you know, like Jasper.
1: Like it doesn't doesn't sound right. <laughs> I guess they tried Bartholomew, and that didn't have the right ring either. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Just literally anything. I wanted just sure sh- like I feel like the shorter the name the uh, the easier it is to sound dramatic. you know John. It's a good name <laughs> Call him Jack. Jack winters, Jack winters. That, that sounds better.
1: that would do the trick.
0: or just Baron fucking call him Baron. my <laughs>
1: yeah, God go, go there
0: cares. <laughs> but his his like mill house in this is supposed to be analogous to that like crazy mansion he had in the comic. Mm. For Night Force. He also... Um, I keep saying Night Force. I'm going to double check that that is the name of the team. Because it's been a long time since I've read anything about them. So, <laughs> I'm confuse them with like the Midnight Suns or something. They're a Marvel team. Yes, experimenters, Night Force.
1: Well done. I'm
0: awesome. You are.
1: <laughs> walking encyclopedia.
0: Yeah, let me see. On Wikipedia, what does it say? The character of Jasper Winters, mentioned in several episodes of Constantine, was loosely based on Baron Winters, although his look is modernized.
1: Yeah. What did he look like in the comic books? He was like a
0: pale vampire with a goatee. Uh Oh, he was playing with his lighter. I love that shot of him leaning against Chaz's car.
1: It's a good shot.
0: So Chaz is played by Charles Halford, who's a bit of a comic book media all-star as well. He's been in a lot of comic book stuff. He voiced Grodd in the uh, video game Injustice Two. He played Gem, son of Saturn, on Supergirl, uh, and I think he played he played another character on
1: Arrow. I can't remember. He was oh, He gets around. Yeah, he's down oh, in the universe. And he was
0: in Agents of Shield, also.
1: Oh, who was he in Agents of Shield? I don't
0: know. Some agent of Shield. <laughs> so fucking shield so he he probably wore a suit and he probably looked very serious
1: he probably did
0: that's about as interesting as that show got
1: oh boy yeah I that... didn't like it uh, <laughs> I like like the first two seasons and then it just takes a hard oh. nosedive
0: he's on Lucifer also he's a he's a Vertigo all star he's in The Walking Dead oh yeah and he was Eradicator in Raid of the Superman yeah he's played a lot of comic book roles he was Bibo in Death of Superman holy shit <laughs>
1: Oh, he was in True Detective! Yeah,
0: he was, uh...
1: Reggie Lanoue! Yeah,
0: the dude with the tattoos and molesting kids. Yes, <laughs> he was freaky in that. Yeah.
1: Alright. Yeah, this this guy has a, a long comic book career. Yep.
0: Huh, so Liz is doing, or Liv is doing something? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes, the, this supernatural entity is after Liv Aberdeen. And, uh... You have to give props to the makeup in the show. I really think it's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's
0: it's really good. Um, Her, uh, that scene right there, like the broken neck zombie lady. That's pretty cool. It is. Talia. That's supposed to be Talia al Ghul.
1: I thought about that too.
0: It's not though. She's on Arrow. (laughs) (laughs) She's on Arrow and this show definitively shares a continuity with Arrow. Mm -hmm. Um, So you, you watched the whole series? I did. Okay. Uh, I really liked the episode with Felix Faust.
1: Which one was that? The I have one a memory of Goldfish.
0: Chaz's daughter. Yes. Sleeping disease. Yes. So Felix Faust is a is a Justice League villain. He's like a DC villain. He's been around forever. Um, and they got, what was it, Mark Margolis to play him in this?
1: I think so. I was just going to look up that actor because you see him and you're like, I've seen yeah, this guy. and Mark
0: Margolis. He's been in a ton of shit. Yeah. Most people know him from Breaking Bad because um, he's oh. in a lot of episodes of that. But uh, yeah, Mark
1: Margolis. There he is. Um, anyway,
0: um, he, uh, that's, a, that's a huge DC villain who hasn't really gotten much love in adaptations. In fact, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's his only live-action adaptation. He's been in a few episodes of, like, Justice League and Superpowers. But, um see, Brave and the Bold, Young Justice, Justice League Action. Yeah, it's his only live-action appearance. Wow. And that episode is actually a direct adaptation of a graphic novel called All His Engines. I've not read that one yet. It's um, I uh, see. It's uh, written by Mike Carey, who you know. Oh yes. And uh, art by uh, Leonardo Manco, who was the main Hellblazer artist at the time. But this was like a prestige, uh, like hardback comic that came out around the time as the Constantine movie, as like a tie-in. And it's noticeable because it sends John to LA. <laughs> which is, like, the only time he's never been in L.A. <laughs> and on, uh, oddly enough, it's probably the most adapted Hellblazer story.
1: Really? Because
0: it got turned into an episode of this, and it got turned into an animated movie called Constantine's City of Demons.
1: I've seen that one, too. Yeah.
0: They're both... It's the same story. Okay. Um, only in the comic book, it's Chaz's granddaughter, because Chaz is older. Like, they're, they're both in their, like, 50s or... Yeah, 50s or 60s when... I guess in their fifties when this uh, happened in the comics, but in the show they're all aged down a little bit. Um, um, yeah, the City of Demons I think was a really good Hellblazer adaptation.
1: I enjoyed it. There were some things about it that I I didn't take too seriously that kind of made me laugh, like when all of a sudden. John has sex with the spirit of yeah. Los Angeles.
0: <laughs> hey, man, that, that's totally something that would happen in the comic. I fucking love that. <laughs>
1: true, it probably would. But, you know, sometimes there's things that happen in comic books that you're like, okay, I buy that, as opposed to when they happen in a movie where it just feels like, well, that kind of came out yeah. of
0: nowhere. <laughs> if it was a show like this, I may not get into it, but it's an animated movie. I, I can buy it. Yeah, uh, true. Um, so this this show also, it's had a couple episodes that were a direct adaptations of the comics um the episode feast of friends was a direct adaptation of the first episode or sorry the first issue of the comic uh which showed gary lester and the the hunger demon nemeth but one of the things that they changed is when john goes to meet the witch doctor in it um in the comics it's just he actually flies to like africa and goes and talks to like an actual like uh like witch doctor in this tribe but in The show, he goes and talks to this guy named uh, Nomo. Nomo, That's
1: right. And that's
0: actually a comic book character, a superhero named Dr. Mist. That's what he looks like in the comics. (laughs) Oh, dang.
1: Quite the outfit.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I just thought that was really fucking cool to actually, like, yeah, just bring in another superhero. Why not? Uh, And then um, Jim Corrigan is in it. He's in a few episodes. In the comics, he becomes the specter. And the show is constantly hinting at him becoming the specter. But uh, it never, never actually happens. I never got there. <laughs> there is a little bit... Oh, there's Astra. The appearance of Astra.
1: There she
0: is. Her story here with Nergal um, is taken right from the comics. The only difference is when Nergal pulls her away in the comics, John is holding her arm and he runs off. And then uh, he, he gets out... He runs out of the place and he screams like, I did it! You should call... Or, yeah, you should call me a bloody saint! And then he looks down and he realizes he's only holding her arm,
1: <laughs> and that the
0: rest of her is in hell. Yes. <laughs> but that that plot point comes back in Legends of Tomorrow and gets a payoff. But um, uh, was it going with Nomo and oh uh, yeah uh, Gary or sorry Jim Corrigan the Spectre? That plot point kind of comes back in Crisis on Infinite Earths because Jim Corrigan is in that as the Spectre, but he's played by a different actor. And when he comes in, he's like, he's like, "I'm Jim Corrigan," and John goes, "You're not the Jim Corrigan I know, mate."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good way to acknowledge that. <laughs> and it,
0: it, that show's all about alternate versions of characters, so um, it works. At least it's addressed and brought up. Uh, this part was in the trailer right here when Chaz, so Chaz climbs out of the car and um, saves live.
1: Big wreck. I, I keep wanting to
0: say Liz. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's she's kind of interchangeable that way.
0: Right here, when he when he climbs over and then John looks back and right that's that shot right there of the wire going through Chaz's chest. That was in the trailer. I remember seeing that and being like, "Fuck you! Why? Why does everyone wanna fucking kill Chaz? Like this is the pilot <laughs> yes. episode and they already kill him off." And I was so fucking pissed about that. And and then obviously he comes back because um, he's in the whole series and they play Chaz's immortality from the comics as a plot point in this i thought that was kind of interesting because in the comics he doesn't die like he just never dies because uh john i don't know he's he's the one friend of john's that isn't um isn't expendable Mm -hmm. and that i don't know that the comic ever actually gives a definitive reason for that or just because john for some reason likes him better than anyone else or feels that he Owes it to Chaz to not die. Although John has completely fucked over Chaz's personal life many times <laughs> in the comics, but uh, but in this, uh, oh yeah, these are all things from the comics too. That that green skull they just showed, I think, is Pandora's
1: box. Oh, is it?
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The the obviously there's uh, oh there's the I just uh, there's the Eclipso crystal.
1: Where I, I missed it.
0: Uh, I can't go we back. Can't. It's <laughs> in a little it's a little box next to Fate's helm. That's the helm of Fate. Yes. Um also the Sword of night is shown oh that in the background there that, Oh
1: yeah, right there. That's
0: something too. Fuck, I can't remember <laughs> Should have looked this up beforehand.
1: <laughs> so many little nuggets. Yeah.
0: Um but the the Sword of night shows up in a second. That's from a character named uh Oh shit, I can't remember his name. <laughs> He's a <laughs> a DC character who is on the Shadow Pact. Um ba 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 the fuck was that character's name? It it's like right view. there with the blue and the red. I keep wanting to say Shining Knight, but it's not him. His name is Nightman. No, Night Nightmaster.
1: Nightmaster.
0: Nightmaster. Um, he's like a yeah, he's like a magic dude. Jim Rook. He has this magical sword called The Sword of Night. I'm pretty sure is what it's called.
1: Something like that.
0: His name's Nightmaster. He masters the night.
1: There you go. <laughs> the name <is> straightforward. <laughs> yeah.
0: And his sword, yeah, anyway. Um, this whole, like, screen here where uh, he's trying to find the location of stuff, that's uh, from the comics as well, although it's less visual than CGI blood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and Wonder Woman 1984, this is how you incorporate, you know, items and yeah, stuffings exactly. from comic books <laughs> into a show. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love the line when she picks up Dr. Fate's house yeah. and he's like, put that down yeah. before it puts you down. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Which, after this show aired, uh, he actually became... Oh, Ivy University! That's another tie. That, that's where the Atom works in the comics. Oh! Yeah. I
1: totally forgot. Okay.
0: That, comes, that comes into play in Legends of Tomorrow also. But, uh, yeah, the, the Helm of Fate. He actually became the, the wielder of, of that in the comics after this show. In, like, the Justice League Dark comic.
1: How did he do
0: that? I don't know. I, don't, I didn't read Justice League Dark because it was <laughs> dumb. But yeah. uh, I just remember that there was like a hologram cover of that issue of him like holding the the helmet. And then you moved it and it's him with the helmet on like with like magic shooting out everywhere. Dang. This also, this scene kind of pissed me off. The scene of him driving the car here. Just my fanboy nitpick bullshit. Go for it.
1: Because
0: he's, he's driving that that truck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the comics, it's well known that John can't drive. <laughs> Or maybe he can, but he doesn't. I don't know, because that—that's that's why Chaz is there. Chaz drives for him, right? <laughs> um, and to see him drive just feels weird to me. Obviously, it doesn't really matter because I mean, who the fuck cares? It's just—it's just driving. Mm-hmm. It's not like a huge character trait, but that like little thing—it just feels wrong to me to see him sitting behind the wheel of a car.
1: Oh, it might have been like a nice little funny moment if they had him like accidentally stall it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really, really <laughs> fun. And what is this actor's name who plays Manny? Harold per- Perno, I think Per-no. is how you pronounce it. I don't know. I, that's how I was pronouncing it. Yeah.
0: Um He's from Lost. He's been a lot of stuff.
1: I finally, <laughs> I haven't seen Lost. I have to admit, but I finally recognized him as Mercutio from Oh yeah, from Romeo and Juliet, and I was like, Oh my god! I haven't seen you in anything since then, so I was really excited to see him here. And he was Link
0: in the uh, Matrix movies.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Okay, the replacement for the actor who wanted more money, so they just fired him.
1: <laughs> like be gone. I like,
0: killed him off between movies
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus, <laughs> mm. but he's great in this I really like him in this uh,
0: my only complaint is that Manny's a new character um, made up for the show and I, as, I think I mentioned this earlier to you off air that I fucking hate that
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Hellblazer has a ton of angelic or otherworldly characters that he could have been my, my original thought before spoiler they released that he's actually the villain in the last episode. Right. Um, my original thought was he should have been Dead Man, because he's, um, uh, he's constantly possessing people and taking them over, and just like Dead Man does in Books of Magic. Oh, there's Richie Simpson, another character from the comics. <laughs> I brought him up in another episode. I don't know if you remember that or not. That uh, What's his name? Uh, fuck, what's that actor's name? Jeremy Davies. Yes. Uh, he is Richie Simpson in this. Then he's Richie Simpson in Justice League Dark, the animated movie. And in that, Richie Simpson becomes Dr. Destiny. That's
1: and right. And then
0: in the Elseworlds crossover for all the Arrowverse shows, he plays Dr. Destiny. <laughs> so like you can watch the character evolve in all of these unrelated shows.
1: <laughs> well, it's pretty cool that they stuck with him, too.
0: And I don't know, I don't know if that was just coincidence. I, a part of me wants to believe that it's not, but I mean, who knows. <laughs> but I, I really like this part here, because Richie Simpson's a character from the comics who is like a computer expert that helps out John. Um, in the comics, he gets his mind, like, fried. He goes, he, like, has this way of going into the internet with his mind because it was the 80s and they don't know how com- computers work. And uh, <laughs> he gets lost there and his body just burns up. Ooh. And John, and he's like, all right, John, I'm ready to come back into my body. And John's, like, staring at his burning corpse. And he's like, yeah, let me just, uh... And he, like, turns off the computer. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then richie's uh richie's spirit comes back later to like get back at john he's like you just fucking left me there It's like what was i gonna do <laughs> and then like he tries to get back at john and john's like i'll help you i'll give you i'll give you a new body because he was trying to was trying to take john's body he's like i'll give you a new body and he tricks the demon nergal who took astra into using his body for richie's consciousness And then Richie's like, oh, I've got all this power now. And John's like, yeah, about that. Um, You have to go to hell because you're a demon. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: like, poor Richie. Can't catch a break. And they do a really good job of, um, I guess, filling out these relationships in the show. Uh, It's not Mm -hmm. that they do anything new, but the acting and the way it's written, you really buy it. Hey,
0: that's the uh, Medusa mask on the shelf there. My goodness. Um, you can't. You can only see for a second. Right next to that, uh, (laughs) right, right next to that mirror is the Medusa mask. Right there. there. That's uh, what's his name? That's uh, Psycho Pirate's mask. Ah. Which actually later shows up in Arrow and the Elseworlds crossover.
1: Nice. They they managed to weave this all together very well.
0: And especially when this was made, it wasn't connected to any of those shows. (laughs) (laughs) After the fact. (laughs) I'm sorry. What were you saying? I interrupted.
1: No, it's okay. Just uh, how they do a good job of writing and the actors do a good job of uh, creating that chemistry between John and his former friends who yeah. experienced what happened at Newcastle. Yeah. And um, a lot of the time, those types of relationships can feel really contrived. Yeah. And they don't here. They feel really natural, I think.
0: I really like, especially when, he, when he's talking to Richie there, he's like, Richie, I need your help. And Richie's like, no fucking way. Like, I'm not going to help you. And John's like, all right, fine. I'll just frame you for murder then.
1: (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just love how, Even though they have, like, history and they're friends, he's like, fuck it. If you're not going to help me, then I will use you.
1: (laughs) I will find a way. Yes.
0: Which is very John Constantine. You don't see that in the movie at all. No. Um, No. He does, like, one bluff. But in the comics, he's a constant con man, and he's constantly using the people that he's supposed to, you know, conceivably he cares about.
1: Right. Get the job done.
0: Um, I, oh, uh, another episode that adapted stuff from the comic. I think it's called Saint of Last Resorts with the Invuche creature in the breweria. Yes. That episode is an adaptation of John's first appearance in Swamp Thing. Oh, really? The Invuche is actually, you know what's the the nun in that episode? That's yeah. part of the Newcastle crew? The Invuche actually murders her in the in the comic. Oh, And she's one of the ghosts of Newcastle that's constantly following him around. She was spared that fate in the show, and she has a couple of of, uh, appearances. Um, And I think there's Richie, her, I think there's an oh, uh, Gary Lester. I can't remember if there's any other Newcastle characters. They show up in photographs, but I don't think they're ever actually on the show. Um, his, his old band, Mucus Membrane, yes. is in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. They play some of their music. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's fun.
0: Which, uh, I mentioned that the Astra subplot gets carried over into Legends. The, like, the whole Rising Darkness subplot, unfortunately, does not. Um, it's mentioned in the Arrow episode that he's on, but it's never really followed up on. Um, and then Astra's subplot is weaved into their adaptation of Dangerous Habits. Which I was really disappointed in because it doesn't didn't have the same impact as the show, I mean sorry, the comic. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a, it was like a B plot adaptation, where other stuff is going on, and it was more about John coming to terms with with his, like the fact that he's got friends now, and he brings instead of him being brought down, it's like he brings Astra back to the light and. <laughs>
1: Re- total redemption arc, yeah,
0: and he gives up smoking in the end. I, I don't know wasn't didn't like that,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Oh, about, he talks
0: about the death of his mom here, yeah, which that's a big plot point in the comic
1: didn't in the comic didn't his mom die with because his dad was doing a botched abortion um maybe? yeah no, uh no.
0: That did happen, I believe. Fuck, I can't remember now. Because I I thought it was because... uh, Or maybe it was. Shit. Because that's how his twin dies. Yeah, well, John strangles his twin in utero. (sighs) And I thought that had something to do with the death. I don't... Fuck, I don't remember. Because that's brought up early on in the series. And then it's like his family is kind of pushed aside. His father gets murdered in like issue 30 or 25 or something. Then after that, it's... His only family is his sister and his niece.
1: That's right. So, I don't know. How do you think they handled uh, the mother aspect right there of him being vulnerable with her?
0: That's fine. It was better better than in the the movie. <laughs> where his family just seems like like normal family. Who, oh yeah, and then they found out I was I was being I was seeing demons. and They just they didn't believe me. Like the end. <laughs> it was right. he, like a normal suburban family.
1: You know? <laughs> Never hear from them again. You know, um, there's a, uh, oh God, what's the name of that show? This is horrible. I was. Supernatural. Thank you. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, Eric Kripke, who I think, I believe is the creator of Supernatural. Oh, right there. That's a
0: reference to the demon Constantine, the character in the comics. Nice. John took all of like the negative aspects of himself and formed it into like a homunculus and, uh, sent it to hell. In his stead and it became a demon down there and that's exactly what it looked like. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Eric Kripke. <laughs> it's
1: all good. Um, creator of Supernatural uh, one of the main characters on that show, Castile, Castile yeah. is um, I don't, because you haven't seen Supernatural yet. No, right? but I know
0: all about this. He was based on Constantine. Um, he, uh, the Kripke originally wanted to do a crossover with DC. He wanted to do a Supernatural oh. John Constantine crossover because this was before this, this was a show and he was just a big fan of the comic and wanted to have like a comic book crossover, I guess. And as they were working on it, it kind of fell apart. So instead, he just folded what he was working on into a new character.
1: Mm, makes sense.
0: Created an incredibly popular character on that show,
1: right? <laughs> and so much of Supernatural owes a lot to Hellblazer. Oh, for sure.
0: They're actually in in like the the last season. There was a uh, Oh, Christ. What's it called? There was like a an anniversary episode that brought back some old characters, like it brought back uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And there's a scene in it where Castiel says something, and uh, whoever he's talking to is just like, all right, take it easy, Constantine. Ah, there you go. <laughs> and in the last season of Legends of Tomorrow, there's a scene where John Constantine accidentally wanders onto the set of Supernatural. Really? while It's being filmed. And he finds the car, and he like opens the trunk. <laughs> and he's like, fucking around with the stuff in there. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's very meta
1: that's fun all right all right
0: so both shows are aware of each other
1: (laughs) very much so (laughs) and again great job on the makeup and i think the show does a good job too of uh in infusing terror like there wasn't there weren't any moments where i was outright scared but there were moments where i was like you know what you guys are doing a good job here i'm feeling a little bit of tension a little bit of fright
0: i love this scene here too of him being forced to see astra again like uh, this demon is fucking with him. I wish he would have done more with Nergal in the show because he's he's he was like the first big bad villain that Constantine had to deal with in the comics, and then he was slowly replaced by the first of the Fallen. Um, who first of the Fallen actually showed up in Legends of Tomorrow? There was actually there were a few like deep cut villains from the Hellblazer comic that show up on Legends. It was the first of the Fallen. Well, the whole Hell triumvirate. Uh, first of the Fallen, Beelzebub, and Azazel. Well, were or all three in an episode, and then um, God damn it, Abraxas or something, or mm. I, I, I don't know this uh, demon butcher from Hellblazer who was uh, the like spirit of Jack the Ripper or something. Ooh. I can't remember.
1: We're gonna find out um, in just a second here.
0: Maybe. I don't. I don't know <laughs> if I'm. I don't know if. This is gonna work because I don't remember the character. Oh, Calibraxis! There it is. I'll be Calibraxis. damned. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Devil's Butcher. He was uh, he was in an episode, but he, he was like he was really really pared down. Right? In the comic, it's when he shows up, it's this like crazy serial killer story and it's crazy gory and weird. And in this, he's basically just like a bouncer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. Maybe they didn't have the effects budget. I don't know. Well, like yeah, I mean, you
0: really can't do that character on network TV.
1: No, <laughs> no. Was this Yeah, what what network did this come out on? This this show was on NBC. NBC, that's right.
0: And obviously Legends is on the CW. Um, so yeah, interesting like cross promotion there. Although that's also happened with Supergirl. Supergirl started on CBS. And even in the first season, The Flash was in an episode. So it was like a CW CBS crossover. And then uh, CBS canceled it, and uh, immediately CW brought her in.
1: Okay. Well, I wish that uh, something had been able to happen for for uh, Constantine the way it happened for Lucifer. Like Netflix picked it up and was like, "Fear not." They did. That's what happened. Well, I know with Lucifer, but not with Constantine. Oh, gotcha.
0: I thought you were saying that. <laughs> yeah, they they shopped it around to other places, uh, but just nobody picked it up. And uh, again, the character's still out there. Um, I care less about the series continuing as I do about the character, character's legacy going on, you know? Because that's the legacy of the show. It was 13 episodes or however long, one small season, but it's still being felt, you know? The character is still in animated movies, still uh, on TV. I mean, the fucking. He's currently filming a season of Legends of Tomorrow. There he is, stubbing out the cigarette. <laughs> so, this is the reshot scene the scene of him in the bar here with Chaz. Yeah. Uh, the original version, Liv comes in and is like, I went to that place that was on the map, and I saw the d- dude dying there, and I realized that this power that I have is really important. And we need to keep fighting, and we need to we need to go out there, and we need to do what good we can because of the fucking map and the blood and blah blah blah, yeah. which is the exact opposite of this. <laughs> and then and then uh, what's his name? Chaz is like, was it Chaz or Manny? I don't know. Whoever was like, she didn't need to drive by that. You just told her that, and blah blah blah, you know. And he's like, oh yeah, maybe I used her so that I could then continue using her power. And then this is the opposite, where he's like, you. uh, She didn't need to go down that way. You just had her do that to scare her off. He's like, "Oh yeah, maybe I did. Maybe, maybe she's just not ready for this world."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, like, no offense to Lucy Griffiths at all. She's perfectly capable, but I think they made the right choice.
0: Exactly, and that's the. I think. I think that was another thing about this show that you don't see often is that the creators. Immediately recognized that something wasn't working. <laughs> right. And they cl- it was clear that that character just doesn't work in this environment. And instead of sticking to their guns or trying to fucking force it, they're like, well, fuck it, let's just cut her away and bring someone else in.
1: Exactly. And it works. It works. I mean, it's perfectly good pilot. And, you know, it, that makes sense too that someone with that power would be so freaked out by it, they'd be like, no, thank you.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I mean, the ending here is a little inelegant in that. Changes John from being, you know, like the con man who's trying to get something he wants from her um, into being like a, uh, I don't know, a decent guy trying to shield her from the harsh realities of the world. Which, again, that's not not the most elegant way of doing it. But it's one instance in many. (laughs) Right,
1: right. And I'm going to mispronounce her name, so forgive me, but Angelica? Is it Angelica or Angelica?
0: I I think it's Angelica.
1: Angelica. Angelica Saleha.
0: Yeah, because she's Hispanic. I think that's how you pronounce it. I've, I've heard it pronounced, and I for some reason I think that's what it was, but I don't remember.
1: But she's, I really like her as Zed. Yeah. And um, she has a very, for lack of a better phrase, pliable face. And she has a very expressive face. Um,
0: this is a line from the comic. Oh, here we go. This is from, uh, I think it's from Warren Ellis's run. And he says... Uh, you know why it's um, And he's like, I'm, not, I'm a nasty piece of work.
1: Or, uh, I, don't know. I walk my path alone. Let's
0: be honest, who'd want to walk with me?
1: And good transition here.
0: Yeah, tra- that that looks like David Lloyd's art right there. But then a lot of these, a lot of her pictures here are covers in the comic with, right. with his face just put over it. <laughs> <laughs> like that right there is one of the covers. Uh, Tim Bradstreet's cover. Uh, that's a Tim Bradstreet cover. That is actually unchanged. That's completely that. And that's a Tim Brassi. That's for the Freezes Over arc. Um, That's funny. Yeah, so that was Constantine. A serviceable pilot for a pretty good show. Watch it. Uh, My only complaint, hey, Barry McCurry did the music for that. I did not know that.
1: He does the music for the next thing we're going to watch too. Really? Yeah, Human huh.
0: Target. He also, I mean, he he's really well known for um, <sighs> Battlestar Galactica oh. and Walking Dead. Okay. He's the themes to both, or he does the music for both of those. Um, I was about. To, oh, my my only issue with the show is because it got ended early, and then DC did a Swamp Thing series after this had already been canceled. I really wish John would have been on Swamp Thing. Or vice sad. versa. Like, there should have been a meetup of Matt Ryan's John Constantine and the the TV show Swamp Thing. Uh, I'm irritated that we never got to see that. We only heard about it in a phone call. <laughs> and <laughs> if, you, if you called, you get a recorded message.
1: Alas. Yeah. So... I wonder if that still works. You gonna try it?
0: Let's, let's try it on the show. <laughs> I'm gonna look up the John Constantine phone number... Okay. Oh, yeah, that's when when it's on Legends. This is John Constantine. And more. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to call the John Constantine phone number live on air and see if it still works. 1-646-396-8703.
1: Hello. You've reached John Constantine's demons of and more. If this is a true demonic emergency and you're in immediate mortal peril, you've called the right number. Unfortunately, we've stepped away from the phone, so you'll have to leave a message. And remember, our merch shop is now open, so get your official John Constantine Demon Defeater T-shirts with original artwork by Gary Green. Also, to whoever's been prank calling us and muttering infernal curses, it's scary. And it's making me wet my bed, so we have to stop. Dang, why do we have all these boxes of T-shirts? <laughs> you take my credit card again. i got to go. Leave a message. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it still works. Yeah, so that's
0: the that's the Gary, the re-recorded uh, phone number from uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. That's funny.
1: <laughs> nice little addition.
0: Okay, so... Um, I say this is a vertigo.
1: I agree. It is. Um, I do wish there was another season because I really like this iteration of the character and they got me hyped to see what would happen next. And... Uh, to keep harping on this, it's like, why do we live in a world where there's only one season of Constantine and we have, what, five, six seasons of Lucifer? But we'll get <laughs> to that later. But, yeah, I really like this show.
0: Well, you can keep up on Legends of Tomorrow now. You can see his continuing uh, adventures.
1: Oh, yeah, well, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try.
0: another thing that's funny. So, on this, you know, he's not allowed to smoke. He smokes a couple times on Legends, but there's one scene specifically where he lights a cigarette like he he had just done something with the legends and he lights a cigarette and walks away. And as he walks away, Ray Palmer looks at him and goes, damn, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally right after he's lit, lit a cigarette.
1: <laughs> and just like that, thousands of children went out and started smoking. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
0: oh. I mentioned earlier, I'm going to go off on a tangent now that, uh, you know, what's his name was on. So but both John and Richie were in the Justice League Dark movie. Yes. And when that came out, there was like all these questions about if that was in continuity and blah, blah, blah. And But it's not, obviously. It's in the DC animated movie continuity, the fucking New 52 continuity that they created. Um, but but when the Constantine spinoff movie, um, City of Demons, came out, that was actually cut into pieces and aired as a miniseries on the CW's website. Oh, that, that's how it was first released. And so when it came out, it was like, oh, it's a spinoff of Constantine. Constantine's back! Like, this is this, 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 the new season of Constantine. It's going to be animated. Tie into the Arrowverse. And I, I remember watching the first episode, and Chaz comes in. And Chaz looks completely different and sounds completely different. And he's in a completely different situation. And John and him haven't talked for years and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, this is, ah! <laughs> and then after the fact, like, oh, that's supposed to be in continuity with the Justice League Dark movie. Not this, so I was like, oh, "Okay, thank goodness."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was redeemable,
0: yeah. Because especially the the Arrowverse shows have done a really good job of keeping their continuity across all of the fucking series that they've had. They've done like a really good job of keeping everything really tight. And if a character shows up here and does that, that impacts this later, and blah blah blah. Um, so I thought that was that was, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they did it that way. Um, and then obviously I mentioned that he, he's also in Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, specifically a really good scene where he talks to Lucifer and Lucifer thanks him for helping Maze out of hell or
1: something like that.
0: And in that specific, in that scene specifically, uh, Lucifer calls him Constantine.
1: <laughs> Which, as you've alluded to before.
0: Well, that's the correct pronunciation. <laughs>
1: it's
0: the... All of us Luddite Americans uh, say it. Yeah. Actually, I guess Luddite wouldn't be correct. Philistine Americans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's pronounce Constantine. It, uh,
0: oh. I, I think of like Stewie Griffin in an episode, early episode of Family Guy where he says something like, you don't so much speak the language, just chew it and spit it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> oh. It sounds like they do a better job of continuity in their shows than they do in their movies. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: I was actually just talking to my friend about that. My friend Bear, who I mentioned constantly on this show, we were talking about that because, ah, uh, uh, fuck, what show? We were—he was whining, or we—we we were both whining about something that DC had done <laughs> some fucking adaptation. He—we were talking about crossovers, because um, I was talking about the the wonder. Uh, so CW ordered a pilot for wonder girl spinoff of wonder woman and uh they just announced they're not moving forward with it and they've got like probably six new dc pilots in production right now so you know i some of them aren't going to make it and he was like yeah but it's weird that for better or worse it would be tied to the wonder woman movie it was like kinda i I mean it's not like they'd ever cross over like those aren't the same continuities and i was like i just actually read it interview with one of the heads of hbo max about that because he was talking about how dc is suffering from a lot of brand confusion right now oh yes they've got way too many continuities out there like you know you got the joker movie continuity you've got the suicide squad version of the joker you've got like the animated versions of characters and then you've got tv versions and like they, they don't even have one consistent version in each media right. like there's not the movie joker <laughs> and uh and he said like yeah uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's like fuck it. Just have three different versions of Batman. I don't care.
1: Right, right. And I was
0: like, well, that's fine, but that that's what causes the brand confusion. And I was like, and and he said, uh, he said, who cares? I said, well, first of all, fans do. <laughs> like for one, fans like continuity. Everyone, like every fan, loves. Why is M- the MCU so popular? Because everything connects. <laughs> I mean, that's one major reason. There's About a million reasons why the MCU is popular and no other shared universe is, (laughs) but a big one is that everything connects. And I was like, and and just for brand cohesion, it's a terrible idea to have multiple versions of characters out there, because that splits marketing. You can't market Batman. You have to market that Batman, and then market this Batman, and then market the other Batman. You know, (laughs) and that all costs money and hits different demographics in different ways. So if you're a little kid and you like the little kid Batman, you can't be exposed to the other adult scary Batman. If you're an adult and you like the adult scary Batman, you're going to laugh when you see commercials for the little kid Batman. I think it's stupid. And like when you, you have to be able to hit all of those demographics at once with a cohesive and true quote version of a character. And that's what Marvel has done so fucking brilliantly over all these years.
1: They have agreed. Um, I guess. I guess my thing is that that brand cohesion matters, but there are already so many different versions of Batman, for instance. That there's already a marketable avenue for kids for Batman. There's a marketable avenue for adults, and where it gets me though is that, and this is where, you know, as a fan, I'm. I, appreciate cohesion, but at the same time, where I think the fan group has it wrong is that nowadays it feels like every fucking little thing has to be canon. So when something new comes out, um, there's a part of the fan group that's like, well, that's not the way it should be, that's not the way it was, in such and such. And granted, DC has brought a lot of that upon itself by trying to imitate what Marvel has done. Mm. And doing a really shitty job of it because, like we've discussed before, it's not like Marvel did this on a whim. They thought this out. There was a lot of planning and um, patience and timing that went into it. But not every little thing has to be canon and has to connect. And I think that's why we sometimes get really stunted stories of these characters.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, yeah, sure, not everything has to connect, but right now that's what works. We, we, but we, does it, though? Look at Marvel.
1: <laughs> but yes, but A again. billion
0: dollars a movie. I mean, yeah, it works. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: but again, like, the timing, the patience, the effort. Yeah, like, yeah. they knew they wanted that yeah. stuff to connect. Yeah. And,
0: and that's and that's my point. Like, connectivity, like, comic books have had 75, 80 years of that working. Sure. Of, of storylines building, characters, you know, learning and meeting each other and working together and blah, blah, blah. And to take that and to apply that idea to movies sounds like a no-brainer. And what, what every – so, okay, a few years ago I, I read an interview with the Russo brothers who directed the last couple Avengers movies and the last couple Captain America movies. And in the interview they just flat out asked them, like, why does this work with Marvel? Why is it that with Marvel you can create a cohesive uh, universe – across 25 movies and have every single one of them be a hit whereas every other studio has struggled with this and they said it's really easy we have kevin feige there you go and like that's just it you need you need one person who who can steer the ship and allow creative people to be creative but still maintain the vision and it's like like uh, james gunn just the other day was asked like literally just a couple days ago was asked how much shit did Marvel give you about Guardians of the Galaxy and how much shit did you have to change and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, nothing. Here's what they told me. These are my only notes I got on Guardians of the Galaxy um, when he was writing it. They said, throw in Thanos and uh, have a line that explains the Infinity Gems. That's what they told him to do. Other than that, <laughs> do, go wild with it.
1: <laughs> and he did. Yeah.
0: And, and I mean, and that's, that's what Marvel's show Like They have that thread that connects everything, but the stories are allowed to branch off and do their own thing. You can have a space opera like Guardians of the Galaxy. You can have a political thriller like Winter Soldier. You can have a massive uh, uh, you know, universe ending everything that is Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, Endgame, you can have a time travel movie. And you can have all this shit that, that fits together that works. And you could do that with DC. You could do it really easily with DC. You just have to have somebody steering the ship that brings it all into focus. And more than anything, you have to have a real good grasp on your characters i don't think anyone at dc well i shouldn't say dc i don't think anyone at warner brothers has a great grasp on any of these characters i mean maybe batman because batman's easy he's dark and brooding but they see that that works in a couple batman movies and then they try to force it onto everyone you can't have a dark and brooding superman that doesn't work yeah they they should be there should be friction between them because they're different not because they're the same
1: exactly exactly I don't like you because you're exactly
0: like me. Yeah, especially in Batman versus Superman. Batman's all pissy at Superman for murdering a bunch of people so he goes out and murders a bunch of people.
1: Right? You know that they're in that warehouse fight. You know like several of those guys are dead. Well, of course.
0: (laughs) He he fucking guns down several people before that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I remember when that came out somebody on Twitter said that like he was imagining the DC boardroom when they were pitching that like, hey guys, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Superman's cool but what if Superman were Batman? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, great, but then no Batman. Like, no, it's fine. We'll just take Batman and turn him into the Punisher.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 when you put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I think you and I basically agree on this. We're just coming at it from different angles, but like you said, the bottom line is is that no one's steering the ship. It's more like there's a pot on the stove, and people keep, like the famous adage, too many cooks spoil broth. Like people just keep adding shit that is hard to tie back to the previous thing or doesn't need to be tied back to the previous thing because again, dark, somber, ugly colors yeah. and it all has to be that way and it's like, no, no, you really don't have to stick to your guns on that.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, and b- before we had this drive for cohesion, DC was still kind of hit and miss as well. I mean, the Michael Keaton Batman movies were fun. Um, you know, that, that was like a, a cool vision for that character but then like that Went in wild directions with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, and then even Superman. You know, you got Richard Donner's Superman, and then Superman 4, for fuck's sake. Like those two movies, that couldn't be more different.
1: <laughs> Indeed. And, and that's then, okay.
0: Yeah. But then, and then, you know, they got the Catwoman movie, You got the Supergirl movie. <sighs> um, and so, like, they had just as many misses back then, too. It's not like this is a new thing for Warner Brothers. No. They've just, they've never really had a great idea of how to move forward with any of this so whoever's loudest at the moment gets the money right, right. <laughs> and that's the way it still is whoever's whoever comes in and woos them the best like fuck yeah through the door here's a million bucks go do that
1: <laughs> it is like you hear of a joke a lot but it feels true like in the uh um it's all charted out like they bring in people with the with the pie charts and the demographics and they say well this demographic of 25 to 35 year old women and like 18 to 40 year old men like this, this is this. And they're like, okay, make a movie around that. Mm. And then they're really surprised when it's like, nobody likes this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole, but uh,
1: I guess it's, uh, it's, it's all related. Yeah, sure. We like our rabbit holes.
0: Yeah. Well, Dr. Fate's helmet shows up in, <laughs> in Constantine. That helmet was also in, uh, not the same helmet, but but Doctor Fate was in um, Smallville, and Tom Welling played uh, Cain in Lucifer, so I oh, think wow. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all tied into Vertigo. Yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, let's go to the end of the show time. Um, so where are my notes? There we go. Uh, like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Vertigo Voices, at Vertigo Voices, and just Vertigo Voices. I mean, email us, vertigovoices at gmail.com. Also, one thing that I've neglected to bring up is that you can go ahead and review us and give us five stars on whatever podcap, podcast app you use, or podcap, <laughs> as I just coined. There you go. Um, you um, we actually just got a recent review that I thought was very nice. Let me see if I can find it real quick. In my library okay vertigo voice. there we go <laughs> um so this was five stars from artemis and then a bunch of numbers <laughs> <laughs> artemis says this is uh it is wonderful to find a podcast discussing the world of vertigo the hosts do a great job discussing and analyzing the universe the title of the review is finally <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thank you artemis yes thank
0: you i'm glad you're listening and i'm glad we're filling that that vertigo niche in your life um, go ahead and uh, send us an email, Artemis. Let, let us know what your favorite Vertigo story is, and uh, if you'd like us to talk about it, I, we'll do it. We'll do a whole Artemis episode. Uh, what? Oh shit! I closed my notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bear with us. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, all that. That's. I guess that's it. We're done. That's everything that we need to talk about for uh, ending the show.
1: Join us next time.
0: Yeah. Uh, what are we doing? Oh yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna keep on trucking with the pilot season and we're gonna watch human target one of the humans targets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> apparently there's <are> several <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah exactly yeah it's an interesting interesting character with an interesting history of adaptation and we'll uh, we'll, we'll delve into that next week
1: <laughs> yeah let us know if there's a particular pilot you want us to watch
0: Or don't, because we're going to get around to all of them pretty soon. There's not that many.
1: (laughs) (laughs) True, true, true. Just bear with us.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we are done then. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.